gonna rock these shades Gonna scream my name Make you shout now, honey Gonna make you whether you're an independent artist or a fan that loves them, makingascene.org is the place for you. For the music fan, we bring you in-depth interviews and CD reviews from artists who are on the cutting edge of original music. For the independent artist, we bring you articles on music business, recording techniques, gear reviews, and interviews with industry professionals that give you real-world information to help you negotiate the new realities in the music industry and give you the tools you need to move your career to the next level. We bring you new content every day. Makingascene.org is the number one resource for the independent artists and the fans that love them. Head on over and become part of the Indie Revolution. Now, here's a double shot from our featured artist today, Brian Blake. And stay tuned for that interview. It comes up right after these songs. Are we rolling? One, two. Well, my three ex-wives are real nice ladies, but something about marriage just drove me crazy. I don't know what it was, but it wasn't meant to be. My first ex-wife was a Memphis gal And we got together in Austin town It was the summer of love We got married And although we had a real nice family Them pastel colors didn't agree with me I don't know what it was But it wasn't meant to be Well, I wanted to stay But it wasn't meant Second ex-wife was a Cajun cutie Lord have mercy on the southern beauty I had good taste Women it seems Knowing though she gave it a real good try There was something about the Bay Bunch life That I don't know what it was But it wasn't meant to be We wanted it too but wasn't meant to be And then my third ex-wife was a scholarly type Fine young woman, just my style I found the one, well finally 
But all honeymoons must come to an end And so did this one of my friends I don't know what it was But it wasn't meant to be Well, we tried to work it out But it wasn't meant to be You know my three ex-wives Real nice ladies But something about marriage Just drove me crazy I don't know what it was But I said, baby, it wasn't meant to be Well, honey, I'm sorry it wasn't meant to be Darling, don't you cry, it wasn't meant to be Tell me why daddy had to leave, she said Well, I don't know, but it ain't you, it ain't me But listen to me, son, everything gonna be alright Now climb up here, let me dry your eyes And try not to worry let him go There's just some things That we can't control He may be leaving And it feels like a bomb But it's, it's just another page In the book of life Well this old friend of mine Do it. 
it all over No matter what the cost Cause when the ashes have settled And the healing's begun I can lean on the mother's words To her only son She said, try not to worry Gotta let it go It's just some things that we Sometimes in leaving you can feel like goodbye But it's, it's just another page in the book of life well, Sometimes in leaving you can feel like goodbye But it's, it's just another page in the book of life well, it's, it's just another page in the book That was Brian Blake from his brand new release, and we got Brian on the line right now. Hey, Brian, how you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on today. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Now, this is the first time you've been on our show, and we always like to get things rolling by giving our fans this opportunity to get to know who you are. And the best way to do that is through your journey, how you got to where you are today. So give us the story brian blake yeah sure um so again my name's brian blake and i'm a singer songwriter um, based in uh, the memphis tennessee area um i've i've been playing in and around memphis for about 25 years or more and um i live just south of the border from memphis uh in in northwest mississippi in a little town called nesbitt and um, I'm a, I, you know, being around Memphis for a long time. I started playing guitar when I was um, pretty young, um, about 12 years old, and and then I started, you know, being around Memphis, just getting into soul music and blues music, and started gravitating towards that uh, in my teens. And you know, by the time I was 16, 17 years old, I was really getting off pretty heavy into that stuff so I, I navigated the blues world for a while and and um got to play with a lot of great great musicians here in memphis um on the blues scene for um several years um in the in the mid to late 90s and um really enjoyed that and so i kind of kind of came up in the blues um with guitar being my main instrument and um, just playing mostly in and around Memphis. And then in the early 2000s, um, I kind of switched gears and started playing bass and um, did that for six or seven years with the band here in Memphis. And we we're kind of a power trio, you know, a la ZZ Top or Government Mule. Um, you know, or Jimi Hendrix experience kind of thing. And I played bass in that and um, had a lot of fun doing that. And and um, it was just kind of a blues rock outfit. And uh, eventually that came to an end and, and uh, 
I ventured into songwriting. Um, I've always been a, you know, kind of a folky at heart, um, I would say. And uh, so I started venturing into into songwriting probably about 10 years ago and have been doing that ever since. Um, you know, I really kind of, I like to say, came out of the songwriter closet about five years ago and, um, and just really started playing out with my songs and um trying to trying to move that that part of my art form forward and um i've been i'd like to think i've been successful at it um in 2021 i was named the memphis songwriter association songwriter of the year um and i've gotten to play a lot of really cool venues and meet a lot of wonderful folks through that and um and and then in the last year, um, especially um, this in uh, 2022, I started um, recording my first album, um, which is what we're talking about today, um, being released here in the fall. And um, and and that was produced down in Texas, uh, recorded and produced in Texas. Uh, recorded at Jumping Dog Studio in Austin, produced by Walt Wilkins and Ron Flint. Uh, two amazing guys, and um, I'm really grateful to have them on my project. Um, so that's kind of the long and short of it. Um, you know, it's been been a a long journey from you know the bedroom back when I was 12 years old to where I am now. Would not have imagined, <laughs> you know. I, I when I first started out, I wanted to be in Metallica, and now I'm I'm playing acoustic <laughs> folk music, you know. So yeah, um, that that sounds like a journey. Yeah, you never can tell. So yeah. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about the new release. Um, what was kind of your goal for this? Yeah. So I, you know, the encouragement of my father um, a number of years ago. I started writing songs, and, and um, you know, it's always like you hear that songwriters, you know, you start writing songs, you'll say, well, write about what you know, and and, um, and and I did that, even though I didn't really know to do that, it's just, it came to me naturally, I guess, and so, so I was, when I started writing, there were songs about uh, my family and our roots, um, back in in east and southeast Texas, on uh, the Gulf Coast area, um, and where where we go back, you know, almost 175 years or more. Um, I was counting it up the other day, and um, can can get back seven generations um, before it starts to get a little fuzzy. And um, so so I started writing about you know, like my great grandparents and their, um, struggles to raise a family during the great depression and my grandparents during world war two and, um, my own experiences, um, of our, of our small town where my family on my, it's all on my dad's side where, where we're from. Um, that small town is Liberty, Texas. And it's, if you're familiar with, with Southeast Texas, it's in between Beaumont and Houston, um, on highway 90. It's just about right in the middle of those two 
cities. And, um, and so I, I just started writing these songs and they, they started, uh, coming out and, you know, taking shape over a long period of time, it, it seems like. Um, but in the end, you know, kind of what I've got is a, a little bit of a concept album that's about my family. You know, the songs in some way, whether the listener knows it or not, um, are all kind of intertwined uh, for the most part about about that that's the southeast texas roots about the the town the city and town of liberty um my love for that area and our family um and all of that and that's that's kind of how this all came to be and um a couple of years ago um i really started you know had been kind of talking about doing an album and then I was encouraged by a number of people that, Hey, you know, you really need to do this. And, um, and, and, you know, for my songwriting purposes, um, COVID came and, and I found myself with a little bit of free time and well, not, not necessarily free time, but more time at home, you know, than I, yeah. than I was before. And, um, and that, that in turn led me to play more and write more and, you know, kind of work on these songs more. And, um, and out of that, you know, came, came what, what's the finished product now on the album called book of life. Um, and it, and it's, like I said, it's a song about my, or an album about my family, our experiences, which, and being in a small town or not, dissimilar from a lot of people's experiences and so i think the characters and the stories on this album are going to be relatable uh, to a lot of people okay now let's talk about you as a songwriter um everyone has their way of getting that process going when they sit down to write whether it's that Nashville mentality where you write every day, it's a job, you kind of, you know, perfect it over time. Others are more inspirational. What's kind of your mechanism when you sit down the right that allows you to tap into the muse? Yeah, I'm definitely in the latter group. Um, I don't write every day. I know everybody says you got to write every day and practice it. <laughs> um, I'm usually, I'm usually playing most every day um but but not necessarily writing um so i'm but i'm definitely in that kind of writing by inspiration category and um in my process is it's not always the same but it's you know generally follows a, a pattern of get inspired um you know whether it's like i'll I could see a picture of something and be like, Ooh, that's cool. And, it, and, it, and all of a sudden I think of a lyric associate or, a, you know, a line, um, associated with that image or I hear, I hear a phrase and, you know, think, well, that's clever. That could, that phrase could lead to this one and so forth. And, um, I usually don't sit down with a pen and paper. Um, I sit there with my guitar and I don't have, you know, notebooks full of lines and voice memos full of 
guitar riffs or anything like that. It um and usually the lyrics and the melody of the songs that I write come out almost all always at the same time. And um and it's it's ninety nine percent um never on purpose the way the songs turn out, for mm-hmm. instance, like they'll start out a lot of times one way and by the by the end of it it's totally something completely different um on the album um one of the songs new year's day um for instance it started out a friend of mine sent me a a used coffee mug in the mail and um it had all these these mark twain quotes on the coffee mug and i started writing a song about it and um about the fact that I got this used coffee mug in the mail and it, you know, it was my new favorite mug and all this. And it was kind of an upbeat, happy song. And then, and then I was like, well, that's, you know, it's cool and all, but it's not that interesting. So I flipped it and made the song about a man who's got this mug, which reminds him of his lost love and, um, and all the things associated with that. And, um, so it's this object that is, is you know causing memories to be stirred up um, whenever he he takes the mug off the shelf and pours himself a cup of coffee and and so it's it's you know it's stuff like that it's it's um it's it's just not a it's it's not a job you know like like you're saying with that Nashville mentality in, in in my view it's it's more of like an art form that's done by inspiration now those those folks that do that and have that sit down and create and craft these songs like i i think it's awesome i don't know how to do it personally you know what i mean um i haven't haven't tapped been able to tap into that yet i've got i've got that creative inspiration part down Uh, but they're you know thereby my my output is also not as much as a lot of those people that do it that way. So, you know, but, but I, um, but I, I enjoyed, you know, the way I do it and look out when a song's coming down, I usually will, uh, will just everybody, you know, shut the world off and it's time to go work on that song. Okay. Now, you know, I, I'm always intrigued with, um, finding melodies you know, lyrics is something that you, you work on. It's a craft. It's, you know, you have structure to it, like a story, continuity, rhyme, meter. But melody is a little different. Some songwriters like to use a groove. Others like to use a chord structure. And others allow the lyric to dictate the melody through its cadence. What is kind of your go-to when you start looking for melodies? Yeah, I think I think it's some combination of that. Um, you know, I don't really, I don't, I don't necessarily have a go-to. It's it's usually um, kind of depends on on the mood of the song. Um, you know, being from Memphis, like if if I want to if I want to have kind of a greasy feeling song, then you know you can you could put this kind of backbeat to it and and kind of have that groove um and i've got some songs like that where where they are more groove based um but then for those 
for those songs that I'm more interested in, you know, the listener experiencing the story aspect of it. Um, I, I try not to, um, have so much going on melodically that it detracts from the lyrics. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so that the, you know, especially like on this album, like the, just the words are the important part. The music is, is great. And, you know, otherwise it'd be a spoken word (laughs) poetry (laughs) album, but, um, but the music has to be there, but it's, it's more about the the tone and the the mood of the lyrics and the words kind of is how I set the direction, um, for where that, that, the musical part and the melody comes from. And, um, you know, being in the folk genre, um, you know, you hear it all the time. Like there's nothing out there like that hasn't, and especially like in folk music, um, that hasn't been written, that hasn't been played. It's just doing, doing all of these things kind of in a new way. Um, you know, to, to take, cause you have similar themes, you know, in, in this type of music, you got, you've got love, loss of life, um, joy, sadness, and all these things. And so taking stories in the folk music genre, um, particularly, and trying to do those in a new way that tells a, a new version of that that story um, or your version of it, and then trying to create musically and melodically something that doesn't sound like what everybody else is doing. So, um, but you know, you learn from all that that stuff that in, influenced you. And it builds in there consciously or subconsciously <laughs> into your into your melodies. You know, it, it's just it's, it's how it works. Um, that's how it works for me, anyway. Okay. Now, um, of course, every songwriter, you know, you work on a song, and you got to get to that point where you put the pen down and allow it to move to that next phase of its life through production, giving it to the band, the producer. What do you do to determine when a song is done? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, you know, like there, there are some that will say, you know, it's really never done because you go out and you got to play the song, um, you get, you got to get it on record. So it, you do that. And that's that version of it at that, at that point in time. But then you've got to go out and you got to play it night after night or year after year. In some people's cases, decade after decade. And, um, and so sometimes those, those songs can keep evolving with several of these songs on the album. Um, you know, like new year's day, the song about, that I was mentioning earlier, um, that one, that one started out and evolved pretty quickly into its finished form. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like, Oh, it was good with that. But then there's others, um, the closing track on the album called nothing gold can stay is, uh, a piece that 
I worked on and uh, started close to 10 years ago. And it wasn't until the week before I went in and recorded it that I felt like it was in a good enough place to record. <laughs> you know, so the answer to the question is, is it varies, um, especially with somebody like myself who I, I really don't mind going back and figuring out what could make it better. Um, especially if it's something, you know, that hasn't been recorded before, um, because that's your, that's your opportunity to kind of really polish it up. Um, but just, just being open to that, um, is important, I think for songwriters, because you don't want to shut off those creative juices like, Oh, this one's done. It could never be any better which is not true. Um, you know, and several of the songs on the album are, are like that, um, where they, they just, some came pretty quickly and others took a little bit of an evolution. Um, another one on the album, In Too Deep, um, there's a part in that one where the songs pretty much was done, but I, it seemed like it was just missing a little something and um and you know a few weeks before i went into to the studio i figured out what that was and and put it in there and it's it was it was a good decision um you know so just being open to that um that that yeah their song is a song and you know you can sing it start to finish but open to that you know kind of being fluid and allowing for for change to come over time naturally, you know, that's how I'm, I'm approaching my, my writing process. Okay. Now let's talk a little bit about going into the studio. Um, cause writing a song is, is half the battle, uh, creating its sound, its identity, and also creating your sound and identity is something that happens in the studio. And that is an art form in itself. Every artist has their way of working in that environment to capture just the sound that they identify with. What is your process when you get into the studio that helps you get your sound? Yeah, so, well, I I record this album, um, like I said, down in Austin, uh, Jumping Dog Studio. And I, prior to that... Um, had only been in the studio a few times. Um, so, you know, going in, um, you know, like this is, this is folk slash Americana music. So it's, it's mostly acoustic, um, stuff that's on the record. And it was important, you know, I think a lot of the songs are, um, you know, the, there's some nuances kind of to the guitar, to the acoustic guitar, which is, um, what I'm playing in, like when I go in, um, I'm 10 times more comfortable cause I've just been playing live for a long time. Um, I'm 10 times more comfortable doing like my guitar part and the vocal part at the same time. Um, so that's, we did that for, um, I think all but one tracks on this album and that worked out, it worked out fine. Um, you know, 
this was my being my first um, my first album. I had done some recording before, um, but those were like with other bands or where we were tracking live together, and and you know that's great um, when it can happen. Um, in this case, we didn't have all the musicians there all at the same time that were you know on all the tracks. So in a few cases, um, you know, like we added fiddle to some tracks and and that that stuff came on later um and that was helpful for me this this go round kind of getting my sea legs for the studio if you will um i did i did this record in two sessions and um the second time I was much more comfortable just because i had a better concept of uh what was expected of me the flow you know um <laughs> what what was really needed to be accomplished in order to do the job um and but i really liked that um we did we did do some live tracking with some of the other musicians that was a lot of fun um i you know it's like there there really is not a whole lot more fun than uh doing that making an album so <laughs> Everything else that goes with it is kind of like, yeah, you take it or leave it. You just really want to get in there and do the recording part. So, you know, I'm already I'm like, yeah, well, can we do this again? Um, <laughs> but, but so that's kind of how we worked, you know. It was um, mostly guitar, vocal, all tracked live. Um, and there were some, some overdubs here and there, but um, I kind of like to, trying to do the performance you know as if as if i was sitting on stage and there was a room full of people and they're listening to my songs that's that's the kind of performance i'm trying to deliver on the album all right now uh tell me a little bit about the lineup on this what who's playing on the cd with you oh man it's wonderful it's just uh from top to bottom um it's it's a list austin all-stars <laughs> And, you know, like I said, my producers, uh, Walt Wilkins, uh, who's a phenomenal, well-known songwriter in Texas, um, and Ron Flint, who's a co-producer. Um, he, Ron, is uh, also the uh, recording engineer, did all the mixing uh, on the album. And so they they were both on the album, and in a couple places, a few places, um, Walt played a little percussion and did some harmony vocal, background vocals, and Ron played bass, also played some piano tracks, just beautiful um, piano accompaniment. Um, then I had, man, just, it was incredible. Um, the, the sound that was put together for this, um, which was why I wanted to go work in Austin and work with Walt <laughs> and Ron. Um, but I had... Uh, Rich Brotherton, who played guitar for Robert O'Keefe for 20 plus years, um, he was uh, Rich. Rich was kind of a second acoustic guitar, and he also played mandolin, sitern, which was this weird gourd mandolin-looking thing that had this kind of real old-world um, Celtic sound to it. He played tenor guitar. Um, resonator guitar. I mean, if it had strings on it, Rich Rich played it, and um, and that was really cool. And I mean, he was just he's added so much to this record. Um, then we had 
Warren Hood. Um, he played fiddle, and Warren's just a fiddle virtuoso. Um, he played for Lyle Lovett and Hayes Carl and um, everyone else. And um, he's, he's, uh, he really brought out several of the tracks, uh, the opening track, Ricefield in the Distance, and the closing track, Nothing Gold Can Stay, are probably my two favorites. And, um, and a lot of that's because of Warren um, and just the beauty that he added with that fiddle. Um, then we had um, Austin singer-songwriter Betty Sue. Um, she sang background vocals on a couple tracks just beautifully. Um, she, she sang on the song Book of Life and Nothing Gold Can Stay. And just really, um, you know, just her impact alone. The original title of the album was going to be Rice Field in the Distance, but um, she sang on, on that song Book of Life. And when I heard that, I knew we needed to change the name of the album to match that. It's just a, her singing just brought so much out in that and added so much. Um, and then others from Austin, Chris Beal on guitar um, and John Chipman on drums and percussion. Um, then a guy named Bart DeWin. Um, he played accordion on a number of tracks and um, just really, like I said, a A-list all-star backing band is just I couldn't have asked for more and for a better sound on this record. It just, uh, you know, all my expectations were met and way beyond. Um, it's just been, been wonderful to work with musicians of this caliber. Now, um, you're working with Adam Dawson from Broken Jukebox Media to do your PR and radio. Yes. Tell me a little bit about that relationship. Yeah, Adam. Uh, Adam's a great great guy and um i've known him a couple few years now um so i was i'm a big fan of adam carroll um who's one of adam's primary clients and uh and adam dawson manages adam and his wife uh chris and books them and does their publicity and um and so forth and so i got to know adam dawson through through them um adam carroll's one of my favorites and um he's a incredible songwriter revered uh throughout by those that know him um and so i get to know adam dawson through that and um when i first started um talking about making the record i was actually talking about it with with adam carroll and we call adam dawson coach <laughs> and um and Adam Carroll said, you know, you should, um, you know, let's try and get you hooked up, you know, with coach and he can give you some good advice and so forth. And he did. And, um, and this was all during the pandemic and uh, coach is a great guy and, um, has really, um, helped kind of keep me on focus throughout the last couple of years. We've been talking about making the album up until actually doing it. And then now we're, we're getting it out in the world uh, with his help. I'm glad to have him on board and part of the team. Um, Cause he's, he's been helping me since, since I first started talking about this. So it's good okay. to finally get it, 
get it out there in the world. Now, uh, a lot of people have been um, using content creation and social media marketing to kind of brand themselves and to get their product out there. And when the pandemic hit, it was the only way to stay connected to our fan bases. What are some of the things that you're doing right now to help you kind of create your brand and get your product and get your music out there? Yeah, it's, I mean, I would say it's definitely, um, it's more work than it is glamour to that stuff. You know, um, you see all the social media lights and the influencers and so forth, um, which is not what I'm trying to be. Um, but unfortunately I'm, I'm mostly a one man band. So I'm, I'm having to, to do it all, you know, uh, cook the dinner, wash the dishes and take out the trash too, kind of thing. And, and that's, you know, so with the, with my music, it's, I've got to write the songs, play the music, play the gigs, do the, do the Facebooks and the Instagrams and those things. Um, and, and I'm just, you know, for the most part, um, I try and go play shows and connect with audiences and, and then the rest is, you know, writing good songs and getting them out there and, and trying to interact with, um, with your audiences on a one, that's a good thing about social media, um, is you can really develop relationships with, with fans and your fans become friends, you know? Um, and, and that's a cool thing. So, so that's kind of where I'm at, you know, just trying to do all that stuff, the newsletter, the social media. I'm not on TikTok. Um, I hate to be like the grump, a grumpy old man and like be like, get off my lawn, TikTok. But <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, there's only so many places I can be and do, you know, as, um, as a, you know, although I'm, I've been playing music for a long time with this kind of iteration of my career, um, they're, they're not teams of people. It's me doing all this. And that's how a lot of independent artists are. So I kind of got to pick my, um, pick my places, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, so I try and do that and just kind of be dripping stuff out there and, um, interacting with people. And that's what it's about. And then posting content and, um, and just trying to try and keep people coming to shows and, and doing that. And, um, now this record's coming out, um, you know, that's gonna, that's gonna get real busy here. Um, and that's, so be careful what you ask for, but I'm ready to do it. So I'm, I'm enjoying the process. All right. Well, you know, I really appreciate you coming on the show and talking with us. And uh, yeah, we're going to give everyone out there a double shot from your new release. Um, you know okay. what? Turn it up loud. Screw those neighbors. We're going to have some fun tonight. <laughs> well, thank you, Richard. It's been a pleasure being here. It's a pleasure to have you. Got 
solid foundation You know it was made to last You know the trains came in from Louisiana From the land of the rising sun And when the engine screamed in to that depot All the men began to run Nothing like 
what's become of my hometown Everything on me is closing down And Phil the barber, he's dead and gone And as the sun is setting on the courthouse steps Looking back, I have no regrets But when I'm here, I feel all alone So I make my way to the Methodist church And I stained glass, don't do nothing but hurt And it cuts me, cause they don't even know my name And as I step out in the light Of the school autumn night I realize nothing gold can stay Cause if you drive east on Highway 90 that's where you'll find it It was the jewel of the Trinity But now all that remains Is my love of the name And memories of being free I was free without a past But my freedom didn't Liberty's always on my mind 
artist or a fan that loves them, makingascene.org is the place for you. For the music fan, we bring you in-depth interviews and CD reviews from artists who are on the cutting edge of original music. For the independent artist, we bring you articles on music business, recording techniques, gear reviews, and interviews with industry professionals that give you real-world information to help you negotiate the new realities in the music industry and give you the tools you need to move your career to the next level. We bring you new content every day. Makingascene.org is the number one resource for the independent artists and the fans that love them. Head on over and become part of the Indie Revolution. Make you shout now, huh? 